0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to Walk Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, the Borderlands movie continues to not make any goddamn sense, but there's quite <laughs> a lot of stuff to get through. Now, we have an additional casting. came last night that Mr. Jack Black is going to be Claptrap, which I love. I immediately tweeted thinking that that's God tier, mainly because I love the Kung Fu Panda movies um, and dudes, <laughs> dude dude, being Claptrap. I'm just saying the Kung Fu Panda trilogy is one of the best trilogies of all time. just going sure. to put it out there, yeah. um, but also, and um, we just thought we'd break a lot of this stuff down with this movie because uh, if you go through the casting so far, you've got Jack Black as Claptrap, Kate Blanchett is going to be Lilith. Um, which I guess I can kind of see in terms of just sort of being this like magic channeling. If they go down the Firehawk route, she can get her wings out. She can be this sort of badass on screen thing. Yeah. Um, Kevin Hart's going to be rolling. So I guess there's like an energetic sort of presence coming from Kevin Hart to be that character. Maybe inject a bit more comedy to him, I guess. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is Pandoran archaeologist Patricia uh, Tannis, who yeah. I forgot who that was. I'm not a massive Borderlands fan anyway, but I had a bit of a Google. And Patricia Tannis is the person that is sort of slightly goes mad or has gone fully mad and leaves you a bunch of Audio logs that you can read about. She's investigating these uh, this ancient alien race, the Iridians, I think they're called. um And it seems like that might be what they're going for, because uh, according to a writer from Forbes from last year, um, the movie is going to be you know it's set in the distant future. You've got these vault hunters going after a vault on Pandora, and the thing that's inside there is ancient alien technology. So they might be doing the whole Iridian thing. um And then yeah, it's just as a as a culmination of the cast and the fact that it's directed by Eli Roth and it's written. By Craig Mazin, Mr. Chernobyl, Chernobyl's own Craig Mazin.
0: I still don't believe this is true, right? Because you told me this, Scott, <laughs> just before we started filming. This was a this was a part of the uh, process that I just hadn't heard of. I didn't realize he was me on either. script writing duties, and I'm just I just I just can't believe that's not a bit. I can't believe that's not <laughs> you pulling my leg and having me yeah. on because how is the Chernobyl man making the Borderlands movie? Like he's already making uh, the Last of Us HBO TV show, mm-hmm. um, of course, but. Like is he now just the has he has he did he make Chernobyl so that he could <laughs> live out his dream of adapting his favorite video game properties? I don't know, but that's the only Maybe. explanation I have for this.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, yeah, like he just sort of I mean the the write-up that I read, I think it was on Eurogamer said that he's he's doing the movie based off like Eli Roth is directing the movie based off a script by Craig Mason. Um so whether he's actively involved going forward, whether there's you know, maybe the script is gonna be changed going forward, but the, the guts of it apparently are whatever Craig Mason initially laid down um and they had their first draft completed in 2020. Um so I guess like I don't know, how do you see this coming together? Because for me, Borderlands isn't something that is story-heavy. There's obviously lore there, there's terminology there, there's the Atlas Corporation fighting the Vulcan hunters and they're going after all the loot and whatever but like that I, in a way you know that could be like a sort of super fun national treasure jumanji energy style movie where it's yeah. just an excuse to have fun with some cool actors and everything and i thought the jumanji movies were like surprisingly solid like for as much as they'd shouldn't have worked, like they're totally fine, at least I've only seen the first one, but they reviewed well enough. Um, Do you think that's the kind of tone that they're going for? Are they getting these actors and Mr. Amazing to try and do something else with the characters?
0: Well, I would have said that's the tone they're going for, just based on the fact that, you know, obviously Jack Black's in there, he was in, uh, you know, Jumanji and stuff. And I think Jumanji is a good touchstone because that took like a broad video game plot of Get the MacGuffin or whatever, you know, even even had lives in that movie, you know, it was very (laughs) video gamified and i think like the plot of borderlands 1 in particular like i played that game so many times and mm. i even even before doing this news i had to do a quick quick um, catch up on all of the big plot points cuz it's just something that kind of washed over me but the basic premise of like these four vault hunters you know searching for the vault this this mm. thing that only happens once every 200 years like that's a pretty solid basis for a movie especially when you get all mm. of these couchs together all of these cool actors and allow them to bounce off each other but it's the inclusion of Eli Roth and Craig Mason at this point that makes me wonder what tone they're going for obviously <laughs> Eli Roth has made uh like one or two family friendly movies in the past he just recently did the i think it's the house with the clock in its, walls, but, its walls which yeah. also starred Jack Black like that skewed um, younger but before then, he's known primarily for things like Hostel and yeah. Cabin Fever and horror movies like that. So maybe he's kind of trying to bring that kind of edge to it. Like it's just a mad project. Every single time <laughs> I hear about a new casting choice, I just I wonder how they ended up with that person or how that person was convinced to sign on because like these are big name stars. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they're playing like these characters in a video game adaptation that even though Borderlands is big. I don't think it's on the same level of like a Last of Us or an Uncharted in terms of the popular consciousness. Not saying it's a it's it's worse than those games or saying no, it's but... like like I'm trying to put it down or anything, but it's you know, it's not in households the same way. Like I, I, I know what you say. mean.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know. Like for me, like I would say like the Borderlands IP is is like a known thing. Like the the hype around Borderlands Three beforehand. Like we were talking about that for years. Like when the hell is Borderlands Three gonna come out? And they were doing all the pre sequel stuff. And I feel for me, I do feel like the Borderlands IP is like just as known as Last of Us. I would say in terms really? of just like have you heard of this kind of thing. So I, I think if I did the mum test and just sort of rang my mum and said, do you know have you heard of have you heard of the Last of Us? and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, have you heard of Borderlands? Yeah, maybe. Like I just I don't know. I think if I did the mum test, they might both be up there. And um, but I'm gonna throw a potential curveball here because and um, when I think of the Last of Us HBO TV series and me and you and Ben Roy I think did a whole podcast on this. Um, I don't need that because for me the, the, the video game is like perfect. You've got brilliant casting, cinematography, pacing, narrative punch, everything. What can uh, a TV series bring to the table that the game hasn't already nailed? In Borderlands case, a lot of people love Tales from the Borderlands because it fleshed out the narrative side of it and the lore side of it. And I guess that could be something that maybe carries across into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a way, I'm a bit I'm more up for a Borderlands movie out of sheer curiosity. Because how do you take a franchise that is so gameplay focused and then yeah. flesh it out into an hour and a half, two-hour movie? So for me, in a really stupid way, there's more. I'm more interested in a Borderlands movie, even though I care less about the Borderlands games and I love The Last of Us. (laughs) I'm just living, I'm just a walking contradiction, mate.
0: No, I know what you mean, because I mean, when we were talking about The Last of Us HBO show yesterday and the news we did, Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about how, you know, it's going to have to, it's going to try to thread a particularly difficult needle because you can't get too close to the source material because it's so cinematic to begin with. And those Mm -hmm. performances are so iconic and the camera work, the script, the editing, everything is so filmic in general that you know it's going to be hard to create an adaptation that kind of justifies its own existence and a jump to Mm -hmm. a different medium but like you say borderlands is so gameplay driven you get a lot of the story just by characters calling you you know like in the second game handsome jack shows up a lot but Mm -hmm. so much of his character is fleshed out by him just you know ringing you up and giving you grief you know what i mean so it's gonna be interesting to see yeah yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see how they adapt that kind of very specifically gaming style of storytelling into a you know, a feature length movie, presumably an entire franchise. I imagine that's what they're eyeing up going forward
1: we should we should touch on that because yeah we've got you know great casting so far i think it's worth because we were going to maybe go down like certain casting choices i think reading what i've because i don't remember patricia tannis at all i had to run that by Jules and be like who the hell is this person and then reading up that oh yeah she's the person who was like searching for loot for so long she went slightly insane or like full-on insane over time um you know in the whole time with the aliens and everything um but speaking of handsome jack and you can touch on any other casting if you want but like the handsome jack stuff do you think that they will bring him in he'll be the main antagonist or is he something that you tease towards the end and that's how you get your sequel
0: well because i'm incredibly selfish and i'm not entirely sure this will get a sequel i wanted right. to bring him in earlier because he's such mm-hmm. a great character and i want to know about what everyone thinks i want to know down in the comments what everyone thinks about like who should play him and stuff because i yeah. feel like there's so much potential for him to become like this great um character played by like a great actor or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean it makes sense for, for them to maybe make this first movie a little bit self-contained you know just Introduce the Vault Hunters, introduce the idea of Vaults, the world. Because I mean, there's a lot of world building to be done. Like, it's it's a hard mm. sell to just be like, we're on this planet Pandora. There's these things called Vaults. There's an ancient <laughs> alien race. who set them all up. We're, mm-hmm. we're in this kind of weird Mad Max style thing. And then maybe end on a tease of Handsome Jack into a,
1: you know, a a different sequel yeah well that's the thing he like obviously I'm not gonna is it, it, it kind of his spoilers because it's like well this could happen in the movie but Handsome yeah. Jack kills main characters or at least characters who are now main characters in the potential movie um that's a potential thing. And for me, I was like, well, that could be a great way to introduce that character. You have someone at the very end, maybe even post credits or whatever, come in, kill whatever main character, and then you reveal whoever you've cast as handsome Jack there in the movie, like Matt Damon yeah. in Interstellar style. Um <laughs> so I guess um to that end, like who would you cast as handsome Jack? Did you have someone nailed down? Because I've got I've got a hell of a pick, mate. See, I've you do. A
0: i don't even want to like you know hypothesize or you know pontificate <laughs> on who could play him because i feel like you've got a pretty spot on shout and it's not the shout that i expected but when he sent me this i thought you know what i can i can see that can
1: see, i'm really just throwing it out there that i think james vanderbeek should be <laughs> <out to Jack>. <laughs> <laughs> and I you, the only reason is because i watched him do a rap battle with randall park the other day Cushed and um, and he was just great and he sort of just he was i mean obviously randall park flattened him but like he was there and, uh, and I just think he's got great presence. I like the idea of this, like, sort of formally, like, kind of half comedy, half drama guy coming back, embodying the handsome Jack energy, kind of being, he can completely be this sort of snarling kind of villain who's a bit suave, a bit stylish. Um, I did see, though, because I tweeted that out, someone uh, replied to him that it should be Anthony Starr, which um, is the dude that plays Homelander and the boys. Um, mm. And that is a hell that's of a casting. Good. Like that yeah. would make it so much darker. Um, but at the same time, you know, he could. If you again, I just I keep leaning on the Craig Mason side of it and being like, oh, is there going to be more dramatic heft to this than what we think? But that's only because he's I only known from Chernobyl. Um, but obviously, he's about to go into The Last of Us, which felt like more of a direct thematic continuation or whatever of what like the, the dourness of Chernobyl carries into Last of Us. But like yeah. Borderlands would have to be something completely different.
0: Well, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Borderlands 2 especially, whilst it felt a lot more character driven, it also did have those big emotional moments, again, not Mm. to spoil anything from the games, because it might then (laughs) spoil something from the movies, but like you said, Mm. you know, there are deaths, there are big confrontations between, you know, the likes of Lilith and Handsome Jack and stuff like Mm. that, there is emotional... Um, storytelling to mind there, which is kind of why my mind immediately goes to that second movie, because uh, that second game, because I just associate that game with me being, being a bit more um, complicated and having a bit more depth in terms of its mm-hmm. storytelling. But then the first game is kind of a bit more, it couldn't dry and easier to set up, I think, for a first entry in a franchise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they could play it super simple. It's, just, it's such a, that's why it's so weird to talk about, because it's like Borderlands, like, it, it, if you're going to do a really basic version of that movie then it's a, a quite a light and fluffy action adventure style movie with a really simple plot jumanji style and you just kind of have fun with those actors but why cast this caliber of actor not that they're all like top tier oh my god oscar winners but they're still yeah. they've got great range and personally uh, out of all of them my favorite is obviously jack black uh, as claptrap and i think like he's the nearest analog to what his character is in my head Um, where I'm just like I can totally just see that voice coming out of Claptrap and it just totally works Um, I don't know if you have any like favourites or anything
0: well it's funny because like I I, I love Jack Black like I'm a big Jack Black fan I'll watch (laughs) him in anything I even saw him in you know Jumanji which I wouldn't have cared about you know him in to win The Rock Johnson. Um, but when it comes to, like, clap Claptrap especially, mm. like, I, I kind of wonder why they didn't just get, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe, like... Well, the, the dude from the voice, games, yeah. yeah, the dude from the games. Like, I mean, it's going to be a CG character, presumably. It's a voice acting role. Mm. And, you know, what better way to kind of, you know, give one to the fans than maybe bring that... Act back, I don't
1: know. Yeah. Well, that would have been such that would have been a hell of a thing because they recast him in Borderlands Three. There was that yeah. whole horrible thing with Randy mm-hmm. Pishford and the original dude left uh, gearbox. And so, like, yeah, but I mean, it is it is a voice acting only role. That was always the thing with why did they get Vin Diesel to be Groot when he's literally just saying I am Groot. You could have given yeah. it to literally anybody, just um, <laughs> some engineer down there in the corner or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like with with that, they want every part of the, the cast to be this like big bombastic thing, and it got me in. I mean, I'm curious what a, a Jack Black a computerized Jack Black voice sounds like coming out of Claptrap um, and I guess I would hope that they do like a practical effect like BB-8 style have him like ro- roaming cool. around the set yeah. like yeah um, but yeah let us know what you think down in the comments below of the Borderlands movie so far we can barely find the words for it but hopefully going <laughs> forward we'll, uh, we'll continue to cover it as more things come out um, for now though I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com and we'll catch you next time bye bye